The Progress Report is a proud member of the Harbinger Media Network. The Harbinger Media Network is a collection of left-wing podcasts that's really good, and you should support it. And thankfully, Harbinger Media Network has put out a helpful four-point guide on how to support them. You could become a monthly sustainer at harbingermedianetwork.com. You could share our shows, like the one you're about to listen to, with your friends. You can bequest Canada's number one left-wing podcast nonprofit, Money in Your Will. And, barring all that, there's also the power of prayer. But uh, I joke, but Harbinger is a fantastic project. You should support it if you can. Uh, And you get supporter-only exclusive content at harbingermedianetwork.com. Now, on to the show. Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney. We're recording today here in Amiskwichiwiska again, otherwise known as Edmonton, Alberta, here in Treaty 6 territory on the banks of the Kasisa-Wanasipi, or the North Saskatchewan River. Joining us today to discuss the details of an incredibly troubling and sad case uh, in a, with the Calgary police is Adora Nofor. She's the president of Black Lives Matter YYC. And Adora, welcome to the Progress Report podcast. Thank you for having me, Duncan. Um, I love your intro, friends and enemies, because I know that I talk to those on a regular basis, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> oh yeah, we know we know we have some haters who are listening in. Uh, definitely, <laughs> we love to hear it. Um, I also love uh, your intro where you talk about Edmund and Mississippi, and uh, I am in Treaty Seven which is Mokinsis, um, on the bowl, um, on the Elbow River. So, um, yes. it's great to be here. It's, it's great to know that I have space to have these conversations, uh, that's going to hear me. And, uh, if they don't, I won't stop. <laughs> well, no, it's a pleasure to have you on and grateful you could make the time and it's everything is fine and normal in Alberta. We're talking at just a very <laughs> a normal time where people aren't protesting at hospitals and our government isn't refusing to do anything about a deadly fourth wave. You know, I am the dog on in the fire and everything is fine. Everything is fine. In Nigeria, they call it suffering and smiling. So, I mean, <laughs> we are we are doing it everywhere. Uh I've been trying to do some healing myself because, woo, <laughs> Alberta, Alberta, this isn't new. That's the thing. This isn't new. Us talking about it is new. It being on film is new. Uh, people pretending that they care in public is new. Uh, everything else, but crow crow. Fair enough. Yeah. So the big reason I wanted to bring you on, Adora, is to talk about the case of Constable Alex Dunn of the Calgary Police Services, uh, specifically his assault of a black woman named Dahlia Coffey that happened in 2017. I know you've been seeking justice for Dahlia Coffey and actual consequences for Dunn uh, for quite some time now, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, 
Unfortunately, I did not know about this in 2017 or 2018 or 2019. I found out last year, like many people, um, which tells me that there is so much going on. We don't know anything. We don't. Um, and so last year, I found out because the media released it, uh, the video of Dahlia being brutalized for no reason, and there is never so um, we really started pushing uh, back, though, uh, outside of Black Lives Matter uh, protesting or because there's so much there's there's so much that we need to interrupt and change. Uh, so we really geared up again in 2021 after Alex Stone was sentenced. And after we lost Dahlia, um, so we went right to the source as closely as we could get. And uh, we were at the Calgary Court Center every day from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, excuse me, every Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 5 p.m. Pretty intense. And in the scheme of things, it's not enough. But uh, so much more than what we usually. So I will I will run through the kind of Cole's notes for this case so that people know why you right. were doing what you were doing and protesting outside of the Calgary Court Center. Uh, because the details of this case, I mean, are shocking and sad and they show how broken our systems are. And I mean, demonstrate why you would take the time to do what you did. So on. December 30th, 2017, uh, Dahlia Coffey, a 26-year-old black woman, was arrested by Constable Dunn for breaching her curfew. Uh, The context of this arrest is that uh, Coffey had been at a friend's house braiding hair. She had been drinking some beers and hanging out, and she got a ride home from another friend around 10.30 p.m. This was 30 minutes past her curfew. Uh, The car that she was in was pulled over by police for making a turn on a yellow light. Uh, Worried that she'd be in trouble for breaking her curfew, Kathy lied about her identity, giving Dunn uh, her sister's name. And then once Dunn found out that he had been given a false name, he arrested her and brought her into the the arrest processing unit at the downtown Calgary. A police station and feel free to jump in anytime either to just interject or to add commentary but this at this point at the arrest processing unit this is where the video that you were talking about this is where it begins right she uh, this is, is where it continues because yeah. uh you know to be on probation and be in curfew means that there has been an experience prior to this and it probably wasn't sunday tea yeah, the the reporting that I saw on this was that she there was like a, an assault that had been like it hadn't gone to trial or anything like it was an alleged assault, uh, and that one one of her conditions of being released was a curfew. Right. Um, so, so the, that, the only reason I'm saying continuing is, you know, we're innocent until proven guilty. We're told, mm. and um, so obviously the previous interactions were were not pleasant. Uh, for an innocent person and for coffee to feel like 
they need to protect themselves is important. But yeah, um, it was warranted. Mm-hmm. So the, the the video starts here. She's in the arrest processing unit. She is she's handcuffed with her arms behind her back. She they are attempting to take a photo of her to get her mug shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, done done steps closer to her attempts to remove a headscarf that she's wearing. Kathy reacts to this by by backing away, by moving her head away and and kind of taking a half or step to back. Done. Uh, then, without any warning, kind of suddenly and viciously throws Kathy into the ground face first with her hands handcuffed behind her back. Clearly, you can see her hands handcuffed behind her back in the video. The first thing to hit the ground is her face. She does not have her hands free to break her fall. Right. And her face hits the ground heavily. This is a, this is a, a brutal takedown. Um, you know, after she stands up, blood can be seen on the floor. You know, she suffered a broken nose. She had to get stitches in her lip. She very likely received a concussion. And this is all caught on very clear surveillance video within the arrest processing unit. And this video was eventually made its way to the public through this court case. And I remember seeing this video. This video went international, right? Like this was last year during the summer, yeah. the height of, of Black Lives Matter and people in the streets. And this was a very clear instance of police brutality on a young black woman. In Calgary. In Calgary, yeah. In Calgary. Because often that's, that's what we hear. That doesn't happen here. That's not here. It's not happening. But it is. Yeah, clearly. And uh, eventually, this case, he is charged with assault, uh, and it makes its way to court. And this court case, uh, he's charged with assault causing bodily harm. This court case is why the video eventually makes its way out into the public sphere. And Constable Dunn's defense of why he did this is um, hilarious. Uh, Apparently, he believed that Kathy had slipped her handcuffs and that he he thought that she had slipped her handcuffs because she had grabbed his wrist somehow that was on her shoulder. Um, I believe the prosecutor called it uh, that said that this defied physics and common sense. Um, he felt that he, because she had slipped his, the handcuffs, she was about to attack him with her free hand that had the handcuffs around it. Uh, Adora, uh, what do you make of Constable Dunn's? Uh, excuse that he offered, his defense that he offered up at trial. Oh, I mean, there, there's no excuse. How dangerous are handcuffs as a weapon? I mean, we need to break somebody's face for that. Aren't you a police officer who knows how to defend yourself? You couldn't have stepped back? No, no, none of those are defenseless. And in my personal opinion, what, like, why do we need to take off a headscarf? Why, like, why are we not getting consent for that? Um, yeah. it, it's, it's all, in my personal opinion, it's all nonsense. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, uh, Dunn's own defense lawyer was reduced to making this argument in quote, 
in in court quote the video as clear as it is doesn't tell the whole story (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's interesting because black women are so often misconstrued i mean this is why we must be over policed at every moment because nothing that we say do or that people are seeing is the full story uh, the amount of times I'm asked for contact for everything at every moment. Um, it, it's, I mean, it just speaks to how embedded racism is in, in the world and specifically here in Calgary. And to think that somebody half your size does what, I mean, <laughs> what, what more stories do you need? One more story. You you touched the woman's head. You didn't ask to touch it. She moved away from you. To you, I mean, how many times had she fought him previous to that? She's in the handcuffs. Um, you he didn't think that he put the handcuffs on properly, or were she's so small her hands got out of the handcuffs, which speaks to. I mean, we can do this for the rest of my life, making up ridiculous stories and excuses as to why a black woman was brutalized because that's what we've been doing for 400 plus years. So it's, it's trash. (laughs) Um, And I mean, I thought we were supposed to be telling the truth in court, but that's obviously not happening. It, uh, it certainly seems incredibly unlikely. Uh, that's for sure. And, and despite this ridiculous defense, um, the judge did not make any determination of, of perjury or, or make really make any kind of finding that this was ridiculous, but the judge did eventually find constable Dunn guilty of assault causing body, ha- assault causing bodily harm, but gave Dunn an egregiously light sentence, uh, one month. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. half to be served under house arrest, half under a curfew. Mm-hmm. And, and the judge did the judge. I, there's a quote from the judge. I'm not even going to read it. It just makes me angry. Like it's, it was a ridiculous uh, sentence. The crown is appealing the sentence. Uh, Constable I mean, Dunn let's, is somehow. Let's, the quote. let's hear the quote because folks need to hear how the justice system is treating black women. All right, here's the quote from Judge Christopher. Yeah. I do not find it necessary to separate the offender from society, said Christopher. This was an egregious mistake. His actions, while harmful, were not premeditated. (laughs) You know, like as a person who uh, lives in racism and experiences it every day, you would think that some things become innate to you. So if you drive a car, you would put your foot, you know, usually if you, you know, most people drive, the right foot is what you use to press on the gas and the um, brake. And, you know, if you do that every day, in my personal opinion, that's, that's Alex done and... That's the that's the society that we live in, and Alex Dunn practices racism and has been practicing racism. So he one hundred percent thought about racism before he interacted with Dahlia. 
Yeah. And, and the judge gave out such a ridiculous sentence that even like Calgary Herald opinion columnist ghoul, Licia Corbella thought that it was ridiculous that there's a headline quote, officer deserves harsher discipline for violent takedown caught on video where uh, in that story, she interviews five cops kind of off the record who all said uh, that Dunn should be fired. Um, you know, there's a quote from this stories. There's a quote from this story that I think is worth highlighting. Uh, it's from an officer who was speaking anonymously. When you cuff someone, you search them. She looks like she weighs 90 pounds soaking wet. Her hands are cuffed behind her back. Even if she has a weapon, what is she going to do to you? This is an, this is an anonymous mm-hmm. police officer with this quote. Mm-hmm. Every single officer that was quoted in that piece thought that Dunn should be fired and that the, that the, the chief had his head up his ass for not immediately booting him off the force. Uh, Constable Dunn's current status is that he is relieved from duty without pay and he does not have a gun or any of his use of force equipment, which I assume are like tasers and batons and things or his badge. And this will not change until the conclusion of his case. And so because his case has been appealed, uh, by both the crown and him, I assume he's just not working as a police officer right now. But, uh, but what what were you asking for and then the groups that were organizing around consequences for Alex Dunn? What did oh, you want? We want to ensure that Alex Dunn is fired from the Calgary Police Service and that he is never allowed any policing um, or security or basically authority uh, job, <laughs> career, where he can use any use of force or uh, has any way to intimidate anybody within our society. So, unfortunately, there's not really a way to ensure that because uh, the prerequisites for becoming a police officer or a security guard are pretty wide open um Mm -hmm. and so he can you know even if he does get fired which is a long process uh i mean he can he can go anywhere else and create this same horrific nightmare Mm -hmm. that he has been creating since uh again Mm Hmm. And it's not like Dunn was a particularly uh, exemplary police officer uh, as well. Uh, During the trial, uh, a photo of Dunn in blackface uh, surfaced. Uh, The photo was from 2012. The incident happened in 2017. Yeah. Um, uh, Around the time of the blackface photo, Dunn was also uh, charged with three separate police act offenses. Uh, This is the kind of internal disciplinary uh, mechanism that they have. He pled guilty in 2016 to two charges of insubordination for breaching uh, Calgary Police Services policies related to accessing a civilian's information for personal reasons, mm-hmm. as well as the home storage of his service firearm. Right. For these, for these two incidents, uh, Dunn was docked four days' pay. Four big days, but mm-hmm. he got he got a, he had to go to work. He volunteered some of his time. I wonder what he was volunteering his time doing when he was being paid. 
um, <laughs> the civilian uh, that he was stalking, basically, that's what surveillance means, is uh, an ex-partner. He's also restricted from being in... Um, he's restricted from being in the presence of female officers alone. So uh, specifically in a squad car. He has a long history of violence, uh, intimidation, subordination, and basically, you know, not being, being a bad apple. <laughs> you know, these are the bad apples that we talk about. And uh, it took us this long to even know that this is what was going on within the police service. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes. Yeah, so, so all that being said, he's, he's still a cop though. He's not working. He's not being paid. The, the cases, the internal discipline of the Calgary police, police service doesn't begin until his criminal case is resolved. There's currently no timeline, uh, as far as I'm aware, I, I looked into this before the podcast of uh, when his appeals are going to make it in front of a, a court. So we'll obviously be keeping an eye on those appeals. Uh, but really, what I want to talk to you about is what you and you know the groups that you were working with came together to do. And so, so you, you know, the sentencing comes out you are not happy. Horrified. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, understatement of the year, right? But but you, you this this sentencing comes out over the summer and who what groups do you come together with and you know, what are you doing? Kind of walk me through your your thinking for these protests and what the protests actually were. So uh, Calgary's really happy to um, come out and and say something and then forget. Really difficult to get Calgary to consistently um, support change, um, and we see it over and over again. Change is slow here, um, and usually there we need a lot of people in a big push. So what I do in this city is I, I organize people. I organize protests. I speak to politicians. I, I, all this, this stuff to make change, but, um, there's so many of us doing so many things because there are so many things to be done. Uh, but this was, this was too big for one person or one group to even try to start getting enough support around. So, um, I was asked to join a group of people. Um, anyone who knows me knows that if I, if I went somewhere, it's because someone asked me. So, um, Inclusive Canada, uh, which was represented by Taylor McNally. And Black People United, which was represented by Prudence Itzka, uh, came together with Black Lives Matter YC representative Adora Lefor. And um, we decided that something needs to be done. But we really wanted to respect uh, the fact that Dahlia's um, presence on Earth was 
no longer a thing. Mm. And then uh, also respect the family, uh, her friends, her community, uh, and people who are impacted by this by going to them and finding out um, what they value and and how they would like to go forward. And they were... (laughs) They were like, we are uh, healing, and they are dealing with some heavy, heavy grief, but uh, they still want to fight. Dahlia is valuable, and she is loved and valued, and they said, you lead, we will follow, Um, and yeah, grief is hard. And also, Dahlia's family is uh, not in... Calgary, they're in Edmonton. So, unfortunately, we are in Calgary, so it makes it a little more difficult to organize, but a few weeks after the sentencing, we hit the streets. We wanted to do something that Calgary had not seen before, um, something that would definitely interrupt (laughs) um, people, the order or the status quo that continues because, you know, Ben had been doing all these things and continuing to do these things. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we were in in the way of people who are part of the system, who are using the system, who are harmed by the system. So we wanted the system to hear the message loud and clear. And so... Uh, we got all of our resources together and our energy and our time, and we decided that we must be out every day. We must be out during the business hours of this place. And that's really why we weren't out on the weekend. Uh, plus, after week number one, we found out we definitely needed that time to recharge. Yeah, and I, I've... <sighs> Aired in not providing an important detail, which is that um, tragically, um, Dahlia Caffey was found dead um, of an apparent drug overdose the same day as uh, Constable Alex Dunn received his egregiously light sentence. And, uh, and it, it, that, uh, tragedy, you know, of this this opioid crisis kind of stacked on top of uh, systemic racism and police brutality is just it's it's it was a gut punch when I read that when I read that story when that news came out. You know, so many people like to lead with uh, Dahlia had a drug overdose, <laughs> almost like well, that's the way that it goes, but. No, that's not the way that it goes. Um, imagine breaking your nose, uh, having your lip stitched up. We don't know what the dental um, damage was done to Dahlia, and having a concussion. Those are all things you need to heal from. Like if if she tripped and fell, and that happened, and was self-medicating. Everybody would look at that differently. But she's a black woman, so they're they're not even going to look at that. And this is why I pointed out in the beginning that she was innocent. She had not gone to court, whether there's charges or not. That's an innocent person. So she was found innocent, 
in an assault case and then this is the outcome, what are we saying with our justice system? Yeah. So it's, it is so important to talk about the many layers that are going on in this story. And yeah, Dahlia, uh, in my personal opinion, was killed by the Calgary Police Service. And she deserves justice. And why wasn't she re- receiving support during this? And if somebody tells me she was receiving support, she was not receiving the support that she needed because she is not here. And Alex Dunn is enjoying his life because he gets to choose what he gets to do. And Dahlia does not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to keep stacking failures <laughs> of the court system on top of failures of the court system because right. y- y'all were, were protesting outside of the the Calgary courts and on August 13th, there was an altercation. Uh, Some of this altercation uh, was caught on film uh, by you and and other bystanders. You were, you were in attendance. You didn't see the whole thing. You kind of turned around and you saw it uh, in, in progress. Um, But I'll I'll attempt to kind of summarize and and because you were there, just let me please jump in. Before, before we start August 12th, Apologies. The story was written on the 13th. There we go. Mm -hmm. So uh, you and uh, Taylor McNally and um, several other people are protesting outside of the Calgary courts, as you've been doing for the past three weeks. Uh, (laughs) The the news uh, media says an off-duty courthouse employee was struck with a megaphone at around 12.45 p.m. Um, perhaps you could provide some more context for who this off-duty courthouse employee was and uh, whether anyone was was actually struck and what the kind of sequence of events in regards to that confrontation was. Yeah, that off-duty courthouse worker is uh, a sheriff. <laughs> so definitely somebody who's trained to use violence. Uh, and as well as trained to protect themselves. Uh, it, we are also hearing that they are uh, an ex-CPS officer. So 100% probably more trained to deal with a megaphone than any of us. Uh, the assault with the megaphone um was Taylor McNally speaking to the sheriff that were in um, uniform outside. Uh, And first, that off-duty sheriff grabbed for Taylor's phone. It was not an assault with the megaphone. Taylor was still holding the megaphone, trying to retrieve her phone. So I saw Taylor up on the, um, up the stairs, um, on the quote-unquote crown land, because they kept re- referencing that to us, and uh, talking in the megaphone, and I was at the lower um, location, uh, walking towards the tent, and that's when I had turned to the side and then heard someone screaming. I went underneath the tent, grabbed my phone, 
uh, and then went running up to the stairs and started videotaping. Uh, as I was running up the stairs, I was watching them take down Taylor and Jack. Um, and Jack was actually trying to interrupt uh, this woman who had grabbed for Taylor's phone, this um, off-duty sheriff. Um, because the head sheriff, as we can also see in the video, is violent and knows how to defend themselves. Um, and the injuries that Jack have, uh, you know, unofficially are a concussion and a fracture, uh, and they had to get reconstructive surgery on their face. So... So the uh, yeah. the CP, the Calgary Police Service released a statement after this arrest, uh, after these two folks were arrested, saying that they had received dozens of complaints about uh, your mm-hmm. protest, and uh, they ended up charging um, Taylor with the kitchen sink. Really, four separate charges, mm-hmm. four separate incidents on four separate days outside of the courthouse related to this process, uh, related to this protest, I should say. Yeah. Um, funnily enough. The surveillance video, which was used to justify those charges, uh, I assume that that same surveillance photo, the same same surveillance footage, will show the series of events uh, that led to uh, this alleged so-called assault uh, with a with a megaphone that weapon. occurred on this off-duty on this off-duty sheriff. Like one of the weapons was water, water. Mm-hmm. We were going after the Wicked Witch of the West. We know that that's what's going to take her down. Come on. Come on. The, the, she was the alien from Signs. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like the proper way to end this segment is to bring it back to Dahlia, right? Um, you know, in December 2020, Megan Grant of the CBC followed up with Dahlia. And got some quotes and was and was checking in on how she was doing. And she was not doing well. You know, mm-hmm. here's a quote from that story. Every time I look into the mirror, I would see that mark. And then I just remember that day. Like it comes back as a flashback in my head. Um, you know, what were you hearing from the people who would come up and speak to you uh, outside the courthouse about their experiences with police brutality, with Dahlia? You know, what, what What do you want people to walk away from this segment knowing about Dahlia and the struggle to bring justice? I want people to know that they don't, we really don't know what's going on. There's no transparency. And if people think that they know me, they don't. Because the police has treated me horrifically. I am also triggered by the police, so I cannot imagine what they would be dealing with. And so we don't know. And inform yourselves, and when somebody tells you to leave them, because we were hearing story upon story, stories from people who work in the Calvary Court Center, stories from people who are part of authority, who used to work Calgary Police Service. People who are so triggered that they show up to support us and then they see somebody in uniform and then everybody turns into somebody in uniform. 
people lost their jobs, their livelihoods, their families, their relationships, their hopes, their dreams. Because the whole system is guilty of that. Uh, I, I recall being a young person and being in church and doing all the right things and still being and experiencing the police just not be fair. And so it doesn't matter if you follow all the rules. You're still going to be affected. Because really, what was Dahlia doing? She was doing her friend's hair, who probably needed it to, like, reflect well in the world so she could go to her job. And Dahlia probably wasn't benefiting from that. Maybe she's making money. Maybe she's just being in her community. But I don't understand why, if it was Karen's daughter, she'd still be alive. That officer would say, oh, you know what? I don't want Karen to be mad. I don't want Karen to say that I treated her daughter poorly. I'm going to ask Karen's daughter. If I can remove her scarf. Actually, Karen's daughter's not even going to get to the police station because he's probably going to be like, this could be my daughter. And they keep covering it up and making an us versus them that is not for real. The real us versus them is us versus the racist, us versus the fascist, us versus oppressors, the colonizers. And until Calgary recognizes that, it's going to keep drowning. Calgary is not doing anything great except all of the nonsense. So it used to only be indigenous people. Listen, every day, every single solitary day, dozens of times a day, an indigenous person shows up that has been harmed. We were only out there for three weeks, like 150 hours, hot, and dozens of times per day, an indigenous person. Like, not all of them can even tell you the story. Some of them, the story is, I have a story. And some people are there for hours. There was a woman, a black woman, who just passed us on the street. And was corporate. And she would come in her corporate outfit and protest. And I know that's how I began. And I know that the corporate world did not want me there. The only thing that we did really well, the only reason they had to complain was because we were loud. And the message that we were saying is not one that they wanted to hear. So we're tired of asking for a favor. We're tired of asking to be respected. We are demanding our human rights in their entirety. 
and this is part of our human rights, so we're going to do this, regardless of if you like it or not. And they were attacking us every day. Somewhat. I was a sheriff. One of the sheriffs that's involved with all of this stuff threatened me, if you keep doing this, we're going to mess you up. And here we are. There was a knee in Taylor's neck. And Jack has a fractured face because we said, stop brutalizing us. So I want folks to know that if they heard this story, if they're hearing this podcast, if they know about Dahlia, know that there are thousands more. Yeah. People did not believe residential school survivors. They have not believed black people. It is happening to everyone. <laughs> Asian folks are in harm. Disabled folks are in harm. I have been saying it always. This is not new. This is not new. You don't know. And now you know one more. Keep finding or next it will be you. Well, I was going to talk about some other bullshit, but I think that <laughs> is a great place to end it. Um, Adora, what is the best way for people to, um, you know, help get justice for Dahlia and, uh, you know, consequ- actual consequences for Alex Dunn and to, uh, to get involved in the work that you're doing? Right. So please always, always refer to Black Lives Matter, YYC, or on Instagram at official Black Lives Matter, YYC. Um, We are consistently talking about something, doing something. Uh, Reach out. Send a message on Instagram. Send a message to our email. We also have uh, a website. Um, Black Lives Matter Calgary YYC at uh, dot com excuse me um, and Inclusive Canada Inclusive Canada daily is update sometimes hourly <laughs> updating their team is so fantastic online uh, about things that are happening in Calgary um, and all over Canada because there's always something going on uh, it's relentless. So uh, there is more Indigenous-focused uh, information on Inclusive Canada because they have a more diverse um, team. Uh, so uh, look at their Instagram, their Facebook. They also have a website. Uh, and Black People United, Black People United um, is actually having a backpack drive as we speak. So they have already given out, I believe, 200 plus, maybe almost 300 backpacks, but um, they can always give out more. And I think that they have expanded their goal uh, due to need. And yeah, if you can help them, uh, it's Black People United on Instagram. Uh, And I think that they also have a Facebook page, but their Instagram is 
actively uh, being used. So, yeah, any of those places you can find information, there's links all over those pages because there is so much information. There's so much to find out. Um, we are also involved in a bail fund that you will find uh, on Taylor Made Studios, or that is uh, Taylor's Instagram, uh, or Inclusive Canada. Um, because <laughs> Taylor's going to need some money to fight this uh, fight. Really, all that was happening is an interruption because we're going to keep going. I also have a personal Instagram. Uh, it's statuesque, S-T-A-T-U-E-S-S-E. Um, and you'll find out all the interesting things I'm doing there. I also have a web series called Living a Creative Life. And t-shirts are upcoming October 2nd and 3rd. I'm going to be at the Carriage House Inn with my t-shirt line. You can also purchase um, my book. I have a, a book that I contributed to um, that tells some stories in my life. And so, yeah, uh, we continue on. I mean, I'm used to an interruption. I use it as inspiration to disrupt and dismantle. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it for this podcast, folks. If you like it, uh, there's a link to donate regularly in the show description and in the show notes. Um, if you have any notes, thoughts, or comments, I'm very easy to get a hold of. I am on Twitter at Duncan Kinney, and you can reach me by email at duncank at progressalberta.ca. Thanks uh, again to Dora for, to Adora for coming on. Thanks so much. Thank you to Cosmic Fam, you communist, for our theme. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>